Hello, welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op. Brought to you by Smelly Cheese. I love Smelly Cheese. You Thomas would. is giving me a funny look, but that's okay. <laughs> I stick with it. I'm the cheese department head at the Arcata Co-op, and I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd. I'm Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at our Eureka location. What are we talking about today, Veronica? Well, Thomas, we're going to talk about cheesemonger life. Yeah, the good life. Oh, we got... The idea behind this episode is that there's all of these things that we get to experience as cheesemongers in our day-to-day that most people don't know about and don't get to experience. And some of it's kind of interesting, so we thought we'd share some of that with all you folks at home. Because you might want to know. Yeah, that's what you're here for. Some of it's funny. Some of it's funny. Some of it's funny. Or just interesting. Yeah. So. Don't worry, none of it's like horribly sad. <laughs> There's no secret underbelly of being a cheesemonger. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, what is it like to go to parties as a cheesemonger? Okay, I'll take this one first, I think. Uh, going well, to we're, we're mostly talking about if it's like a potluck-style yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a party that's like, it would be weird to go to someone's birthday party, you know, at a restaurant that's doing the food and you show up with a bunch of cheese. They might like that, but. They might like, it's be, I, <laughs> the guests would still be like, hey, you brought cheese. <laughs> the restaurant may not like it as much. They might not. But yeah, you go to a party, people are bringing stuff. If you are a cheesemonger and you show up without cheese, I'm not going to say you get kicked out, but like. You can see the crestfallen look on everyone's face. There's there's expectation there. There's expectation there. Yeah. Which is fine because I usually have a fridge that's bursting with cheese and I'm glad to have something to then share the cheese so that it empties yeah. out that drawer a little bit and makes my partner a little happier. <laughs> it feels like an opportunity to always like be a little creative. Like, oh, good. I get to like. Yeah. Yeah. Do something interesting with my cheese. I'll make like a. Uh, a fun themed cheese board or yeah, something I, along those lines. I like building cheese boards. Yeah. It's fun. It's a chance to build a beautiful cheese board and arrive and have a bunch of people go, ooh, ah, pretty and, cheese board. And everyone always says, oh, my gosh. Oh, you don't have to go through all that trouble. And I was like, you know, you can't stop me from doing this. You can't stop me. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. I didn't spend all night planning it and then my whole day building it, you know. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. And here's a trick for the folks at home. Veronica taught me this trick. If you show up somewhere with a beautiful cheese board or it applies to if you have a beautiful pie or cake and you put it out there on the potluck table and it's perfect and pristine. No one's going to touch it. No one's going to touch it. Everyone is like, I can't be the first one to mess up the perfect cake or the perfect cheese board. So I show up with the perfect cheese board, let everybody see it. And then I start things off by like messing it up real good i like knock a bunch of crackers askew and put cheese on a cracker in, an, in the messiest way possible so that it looks less perfect and then people feel free to yeah. like oh okay this is actually just food yeah 
have a bite yourself and then maybe make a special cracker for somebody to kind of start it off. Because oh, that's lovely. their exclamations about whatever it was that you gave them will inspire others to then start digging in. I love that. That's so selfless. I usually just feed myself. I like show up <laughs> with the food and then I start eating the food that I brought. And I'm like, you guys can eat it too if you want. Otherwise, I got this. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone just digs in and it gets picked apart and eaten and enjoyed. And all you have left are a couple smears of blue cheese and some broken crackers and, you know, whatever, whatever else was. Yeah. Always have extra crackers. Mm -hmm. That's, that's another pro tip. Extra crackers, way more than you think you need. Yeah. If they don't fit on the board, just like have a box spare to pull out later. (laughs) I always run out of crackers. And a side tip that's not necessarily about cheesemonger bringing cheese board to a party is if you have a cake or cookies or whatever, mm-hmm. you always you also have to give away the last piece or oh, cookie yeah. or whatever also because Nobody no one wants, wants to take, to take the last, the last one either. either. That is so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. How about? All right. What's the what's the next uh, one? This is this is one of my favorite prompts. How, if at all, does your family treat you differently now that you're a cheesemonger? It's kind of the same as a potluck. You go to your friends. I'm always, when I go home, I must bring cheese. They're not going to, like, turn me away at the door (laughs) if I didn't bring cheese with me. (laughs) There's no room at the end. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. But my, you know, I got to bring some cheese. Yeah. And preferably, I, I call ahead. And say, okay, I'm like grabbing all the stuff that I'm going to bring. What cheeses do you want me to bring? Or do you have any special requests? Mm -hmm. Like another round of whatever I brought last time that you really loved or, or something, something new that you heard about. I wrote this prompt specifically because I, I was wondering if this happened to you too. And apparently it doesn't. I get texts a few times a month from random family members and extended acquaintances with pictures of cheese. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is this safe to eat? Really? And it's just like a picture of cheese in its packaging <laughs> with no other context. <laughs> and I'm like, is it refrigerated? Is it th- like you should open it and smell it maybe, but like I need more information than just a picture of this you <laughs> holding this cheese looking worried. Yeah, but what's like the- they, I, they consider me like the food safety expert now, and oftentimes it's cheese that they bought just like a while ago, and it's been in their fridge, and it's been like a week, and they're just nervous about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's cheese; it's still fine. Yeah, it, it's been in its packaging the whole time. There's an expiration date on it. You should look at that. Yeah, yeah, and if vacuum sealed, it's but probably still fine <laughs> even after the expiration date. <laughs> Very, uh, we. I don't believe we're allowed to officially endorse that position. But yes, personally, in my personal life, I eat a lot of expired cheese. It's still delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That doesn't happen to you, huh? I Maybe I just know more worried people who like want an expert opinion on their cheese. Because it's, it's seriously, it's happening more and more also during, during the last few years. It's sort of on an upward trend where now it's, it's actually, this is not hyperbole. It happens a few times a month where I get a random text often at a random time. Also, like sometimes it's like 1130 at night and I don't get it till the next day. (laughs) Really? Yeah. They're like, I need a midnight snack. What's in my fridge. 
Is oh, this still safe? That cheese, it's got a little bit of mold on it. Let's ask Thomas. Is it still good? 1130 at night. Maybe they just know you're probably still awake. Are you still awake at 1130? No. No, I'm old now. I go to bed at a reasonable hour. (laughs) Sure you do. I do. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) 10 o'clock is a reasonable hour. I have a question. I just found out that you can't eat moldy bread. The whole bag is compromised. Why can you eat cheese if it's like you can just cut off that moldy part of the cheese? And it's I think you could eat the moldy bread. It just doesn't taste good. Yeah, that's my answer too. Right. It, because the spores from all that mold, once it starts blooming in there, they just travel around in the bag. And, and I saw like a thing that showed like the three. Yeah, bread is very porous too. Cheese is like nice and protected. Yeah, I mean it. I've definitely cut off mold on cheese and then tasted it and been like, oh, I can still taste a little bit of mold here. Mm -hmm. Those little tendrils of the main body of the mold do travel down. Yeah, like uh, not technically the roots, but we'll call it the roots. They I don't get, know what they technically get, are. I, I don't remember the name. Dendrites? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good. This is good. Uh, they they travel down in the cheese, but you don't see them. So even if you cut the surface face off with the visible mold on it, it could, like, in a, I don't know, in a couple of days, it'd probably sprout out mold again. But it just depends on how deeply you cut off and how long the mold has been existing on the cheese. If it just popped up in the last couple days and you slice it off, it's probably fine. But if it's been growing blue and gray for two weeks, it's probably pretty deep in there. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Are you you sad you asked now? Yeah. (laughs) If I can now... I'd like to pivot to a category I'm calling white whale cheeses, like Ahab's whale, those cheeses that you like dream about and look for. Maybe for me, there's a lot of cheeses that I would like to taste that I read about Mm -hmm. that I haven't had an opportunity yet. Do you have any cheeses like that? That you're like dream cheeses that you fall asleep wondering about? Well, I do wonder about Cassie Marzu, but I don't know if I'd ever actually want to eat it. For the folks at home, can you remind us what Casu Marzo is? That is the Sardinian, I, it's a pecorino, it's a sheep cheese. Yeah. That is purposely infected with fly, they, they let flies land on it and lay their eggs in, and then maggots are like in the cheese. It's the maggot cheese from the internet that everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's illegal here, <laughs> of course. What but I wouldn't I? necessarily call that a white whale cheese. I don't really yeah. want to... That's more like a, I'm like, adventurous. I'm worried but about that's, being dared with that cheese someday. Yeah, I have no problem saying, yeah, no, I don't care. You can dare all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like to keep my cheesemonger cred, I've got to like, no, yeah, I'll try Casu Marzu. But like I secretly really don't no. want to get that question ever. No, that's, no. I, I'm drawing a line in the sand there. That's not for me. I think I'm thinking if I don't ever seek it out, which I won't, it's probably never gonna be a problem. Although I would love to go visit Sardinia one day. That would be amazing. And they have lots of other cheese there. Yes. Plenty of other cheese that doesn't have maggots on it or in it. (laughs) 
sentences you can only hear on this podcast, folks. <laughs> There's so much cheese that doesn't have maggots on it. Yeah. On that note, we should take a quick break. How about? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned grocery co-op where everyone is welcome. Hi, Thomas here. You've been listening to our podcast for a while now, and maybe you're ready to take this commitment to the next level. Maybe you're ready to sign up for our cheese email list. Here's why I think you should. First of all, and this is like really kind of the best reason, when you sign up, we're going to give you a 50% off coupon for Cypress Grove Chev. Not like a little disc of it, the whole log, like a whole log of Cypress Grove Chev for 50% off. You can take it home and put Chev on like all kinds of things. It's great. Second of all, we're not going to spam your email address or sell your information. All we're going to do is every time we release an episode, we're going to send you a little email. It'll have a coupon in there. Maybe it'll have a little article in there about uh, something related to the episode or a fun topic. Cheese-related news, essentially. And you're already here listening to a dedicated cheese podcast put out by a local grocery co-op so like we think you're the right audience for our cheese email list because it's a cheese email list put out by us sign up northcoast.coop slash cheese tell your friends we're back we're white back. whale cheeses white whale cheeses I'm, I'm surprised that you've you you've you've traveled more extensive than me, extensively than me, and you've you've knocked a lot of your cheeses off of your bucket list already. Apparently, I've still got I've still got big cheese dreams and things to achieve. <laughs> well, I mean, I do as well. But I guess I'm more confident than like, oh yeah, I'll get there. Okay, I'll get to try those. But previously to this last time, I got to go to France. And Italy for the second time, and and went to Switzerland. I got to I got to have Gruyere in Gruyere, Switzerland, and I got to have fondue. I'm so jealous, real fondue in the Alps. You know, mm-hmm. oh, tartiflette with reblochon cheese melted all over it, and just you know, I, I'm I, pretty sure we've talked spoiled. about tartiflette on the show before it's like the thing that we're going to keep coming back to that's not the last time i'll mention it it's delicious and we should probably devote an entire episode to its manufacturer sometime it's fall now and i made tartiflette you've already made one a couple i don't know like a week ago less less than a week ago i make it every winter there's still some left in the fridge because i had told me about it great yard potatoes they were like volunteer potatoes in our in our yard, and I, uh, yeah, tartiflette is at its base is boiled potatoes, kind of rough, chopped up in your uh, casserole dish or like a, a Dutch oven, and then I sautéed bacon and onions. And and then I sprinkle those all over my potatoes that are pre-cooked. Which there. is always good. And then I drizzled. I didn't have creme fraiche, but I drizzled some nice uh, melty sour cream all over in there. And then I cut my wheel. I think it was just camembert. 
I use camembert. And I cut that nice, in half soft, and kind of broke it up. Probably stinky cheese yeah. is traditional, I believe. Yeah. And I put that all over the top and tried to do my best to cover up the potatoes and the bacon and the onions and all of that. And then I baked it in my oven until the rind on the cheese that was still on the top was like getting golden, crispy brown. And yeah. all the cheese had like melted and was down into the potatoes and the onions and the bacon. And that, that, it, it's hard to describe for people that haven't eaten it. You you provided those same instructions to me before, mm-hmm. and I made it for the first time. But that's that's right there. Sorry to interrupt you, but I have mm-hmm. to say, the cheese melting down through the potatoes and the onions and the bacon oh. is magic. That's the real secret right there. It's that cheese. It's very soft and stinky, and some on its journey. As it's melting and it just sort saturates of saturates the potatoes. Well, with yeah. the creme fraiche also helps to like give it, I don't know, more oomph to get down in the potatoes. Yeah. And then it fries on the bottom because it's all fatty and oily with the bacon and the onions. And the oil comes out of the cheese and fries the potatoes on the bottom. They're crispy. And then the potatoes that aren't touching the bottom are like mixed with the stinky, oh, cheesy, ooey so goodness. Good. It, it is, is ridiculous food. Good. Cold, rainy day, wonderful comfort food. Yes. Probably don't have it all the time because it's not low fat. Yeah, it's like 40,000 calories <laughs> or something. Like, but, but if you, you know, I, of course, it's originated in, in the Alps. So, like, if you spent your whole day skiing and you're, yeah. you get home and you're cold and you're tired and you burned a lot of calories doing doing your outdoor yeah, activities. Tramping up and down mountainsides, yodeling. Yeah, right. Then... Tartiflette is the perfect meal. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. It's ridiculously good. I'm glad we had that aside. I forget what we were talking about before. Doesn't matter though, because Tartiflette is more important than anything we've ever discussed (laughs) on this show. And this is the second time, or at least it might be the third time. I don't know. Folks at home, you should just start like a ticker somewhere. Just mark off every time we mention it. It's right. I aim to make it at least once an episode now. People and need to know. We don't have Reblochon cheese, which would be wonderful, but you know. Why don't I, we have Reblochon cheese? Because it's kind of prohibitively expensive and I would have, we'd have to like, it would be a special order and then it would be really, really expensive. And it's just, we have other things that can stand in pretty adequately. I thought you were going to say it's one of those cheeses we can't get in the U.S. because of. It's raw milk status and not being aged long enough. Mm, I, I don't. I'm putting you on the spot now. I thought I, I remembered reading that, but the laws that govern which French cheeses are allowed right. in have changed recently mm-hmm. for the better. If you like more cheese from France. I think we can. I, I don't know. If, I think Reblochon is technically a raw, raw milk cheese. But I think they do make versions that oh, are yeah. pasteurized in order to export. But that makes sense. I don't know for sure. I haven't looked into it in a while. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot there. I. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People probably want to know. That was just me asking a personal question live on air for some reason. <laughs> but anyway. If you want to try to make tartiflette at home, you yeah. could use a smelly French brie or camembert in place and it will be just fine and it will still be very delicious. 
go back through our old episode show notes and grab yourself a recipe. I think we put one out there. Yeah. I think we did. For Tartar Flat? Oh, our producer is saying, no, we didn't. So that means we can. We need to, I need to craft that then. Probably, yeah. Yeah. In case we don't get around to it, you guys can just Google a recipe. You know how to do that. You're on the internet. (laughs) Tartiflet is out there. And there there are lots of ways. It's worth making. Lots of ways to make it. And it's not hard. It's really easy to put together. Yeah. White whale cheeses. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Oh, that's what we were talking about. White whale cheeses. That that was the original question topic i had had some some white whale cheeses that came to mind harbison from jasper hill farms i do still want to try that but i want to try it confident that's going to happen it'll happen oh see here's the difference you you heard white whale cheeses and thought they're like pie in the sky i'll never get to taste them i'm guessing is that correct because i i am ahab (laughs) <laughs> and I am very confident I'm going to catch that whale someday, <laughs> even if no one else is. I guess a cheese that I've totally missed the boat on is that 50-year cheddar mm. that used to be available commercially from that one little store in Wisconsin. Oh, and there's no more. There's no more of it. It's just, gone. It's gone. Yeah. I have to wait another 50 years for someone to age some, if they do. If they do. What's that going to take? Someone actually going to put some aside and say, nope hold on to it for 50 years or is it going to be another case of uh, that's like a lifetime or possibly multi-generational effort that i'm i'm not betting on that happening again well they do that with scotch and you know yeah they do we just have to decide that you're going to do the thing and you can invest now yeah we we could put that together you and i were we just like you know, <laughs> pull some money together. We'll do a Kickstarter or something. Some We'll crowdfund uh, a batch of cheese that won't be ready to eat until we're both dead. <laughs> That's fine. Actually, I've, I've got a shot at it. Maybe maybe I should believe in my health more. We've, we've got a shot at surviving. Plant that acorn now so yeah. your grandkids can sit under that I mean, we tree. Got, we better get a jump on it. I'm in my but 30s are, now. So you know, like, you don't have to break it up. Yeah. Yes. Oh my that, goodness. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's other cheeses I definitely want to try, but I'm not in a hurry because Harbison's on my list. That 24 year old cheddar, that was the episode. We recorded it live on air when I tasted that. That was a white whale cheese for me. That was, that was, that was a amazing. dream come true. It was. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. It was great. Oh, you're very, I, I could not have kept that to myself. That's something you have to share. <laughs> Cause otherwise I would have, you know, I would have been like gushing about it for weeks afterwards. and be like, Veronica, this cheese, you should have tasted it. All right. I think we should make this our last topic. Cheesemonger secrets. Let's, let's give the people, you know, they stuck out around to the end of the episode. Let's give them some value for their money. Actually, this podcast is free. You haven't paid us anything. But let's give them some value anyway. Uh, cheesemonger secrets. Let's share some. I, for example, cheesemonger secret right here. The cheese curlers for sale from Bosca in oh, Holland. The, Those things are great. The Girol. Yeah, the Girol. You can only use them with one cheese that's available locally called Petite Basque. But they 
curl the surface of the cheese in such a way that it rolls up into like a perfect little cheese flour. And that is for me, like if I'm going to a party, I grab a wheel of petite basque or a half wheel and bring over there with my Giro cheese curler. And it's the most affordable way to blow people's minds without even trying. It has never failed me. Even so though fun. I'm going to parties with the same people. I get there, I whip out the cheese curl, and they're like, oh my god, you brought it! Hooray! <laughs> and it's like the 17th time they've seen it, doesn't matter. It's still amazing. And I'm still amazed by it. I've owned this for years now, and every time I make that first flower of cheese, it's magical. It's edible. It's so good. I want to do the chocolate. Yeah. With that, I really... You can also mold a little wheel of chocolate to put on there and, and curl the chocolate. Mm. into a beautiful little flower. I want to do that. I think it's technically some kind of like chocolate ganache. I don't know. There's there's a recipe where you put like extra cream in it to make it. It needs, yeah, it needs to be that certain yeah. texture. Yeah. Yes. Aw. Do you have any secret tips to share? Hmm. I was stumped by this one when I saw the question. I was like, I don't know, secret weapon? That's what? fair. Do I, I have I, a- I'm kind of springing this on you. I was hoping that one of your replies would prompt. I've got another one. Let's to... see if it let's you, you, right. you work on that. I'll share another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So you're, you're putting together a cheese board. You want to make, give it that extra oomph, extra impressiveness. I make my own charcuterie. So I always include like something, you know, like, oh, this is a, a duck breast prosciutto that I cured. Mm. And it doesn't, if you at home aren't curing your own charcuterie, charcuterie you're doing something there's something that you do you hand make that's special and unique to you maybe you like bake a loaf of bread from scratch and you put that on the cheese board or you're like oh i I picked these blackberries yesterday afternoon yeah you know i went down to the creek and got some blackberries put that on your cheese board and then just tell everybody about it really loudly at the party. So they're like, oh, that oh. Thomas with his blackberries. He went the extra mile for this cheese board. Yeah. But secretly, it's something you do anyway and you've like just had at well, home. Maybe you, you do some woodwork and you made the board that the cheese oh, and stuff is on. Or that would be great. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you do some pottery and you made all the little dishes that the... The pickles and the olives and your yeah. the nuts and whatever. Whatever it in. is that yeah. gives your cheese board that X factor that's just that extra cool. You can't get this cheese board in a restaurant. I picked those blackberries myself <laughs> yesterday. Do I have an extra special thing? I well, I always put I always collect up some herbs from the garden and mm-hmm. decorate my cheese board with little tiny herb bouquets. Oh, that in is there. wonderful. Yeah. Sometimes I made bread and that goes with it or yeah. Little greenery from the garden on there. gives it that yeah. extra special touch. Yeah. Sometimes I have some jam or something that I made that gets paired in with that or. Okay. Yeah. There's always little fun personal touches because if you're the kind of person that thinks I'm going to do a cheese board, you probably have other things that you made also that you can include in there. Absolutely. Yeah. If you make if you make a homemade jam every year, pull a jar of that out, put a little bit of that on your cheese board. Yeah. Jam on a cheese board's always good. It is. Yeah. Find a way to to, to add a little magic to your cheese board. That's what I'm saying. Add a little <laughs> magic. <laughs> well, it's not hard to add some special little something that's your 
your edition, unique yeah. to you and your There's talents. that's unique to you. You know, maybe you're an accountant and you just put a detailed list of what all the cheeses cost. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I I find a lot when I bring a cheese board to a party. People first, they don't want to dig in because, oh, my gosh, no, I can't. It's so nice. Oh, and I and then I have to like dig in and, and hand out some things mm-hmm. for people. But then people are really concerned about what goes with what and what to pair things with. Like oh, they're yeah. going to overstep some secret boundary and eat the wrong nut with the wrong the cheese. cheese. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dig in, like yeah. go crazy. Good. Try, try, try things everything together. with everything else. Yeah. And see That's what you like motto. and see what maybe you don't like. And yeah. yeah. Yesterday yeah. I tried a brie with a, slice of dried mango that was covered in chili powder mm. and you know what it was not mm, it was no? it, it didn't work not for oh. me anyway i've it, been uh, picking it was very strange mushrooms because fall is fall is oh man it's here oh, the rain yeah. has brought some good mushrooms and i made candy and chanterelles the other day and oh my i God. and i put uh chili a little bit of chili flakes in there and minced up um valencia orange got candied in there also or the peel anyway and that with French brie. That is magic. It's really good. Like, you know, you you let the brie get nice and warm. Yeah. With some good bread. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. I should bring you some. I have some. You definitely more. should bring me some. We promised that this would be the last topic for this episode. Uh, I am super glad that I got to hear about that edition because now I'm getting candy chanterelles. Mm-hmm. That works for me. I'm sorry you folks at home aren't getting candy chanterelles, but that's just the breaks. <laughs> Uh, that does conclude today's episode, <laughs> though. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're interested in any French brie or any of the cheeses we mentioned previously, Petite Basque, which you can curl on a cheese curler called a Girol, which is sold by Bosca of Holland. Excellent. Do that, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, come visit our cheese department at either of our two locations. We're at 811 I Street in Arcata and 25 4th Street in Eureka. Please follow North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. If you want more content like this, please subscribe to our cheese email list at northcoast.coop slash cheese. Our email list is a great way for us to communicate with you. Uh, Recently, we've been giving away some killer coupons to that cheese email list. So please do sign up and get yourself some killer coupons they're really good yeah 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 the bigger the list gets the more reasonable we'll have to be but so far we're being very unreasonable with our coupons like 50 75 i think there was a 40 percent the other day just because we're like why use round numbers let's do a 40 percent <laughs> we get crazy with it it's also a good way for us to get in touch with you about new and exciting things that are happening in the jeep department so we hope to see you there all right that's all bye-bye Toodaloo!